If you have your Bible, please turn with me to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew, it's the first book in the New Testament, and it's the gospel according to Matthew or Levi. We're going to pick up in verse 18, where it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. For what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Somebody say from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people, his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph awoke, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today. We love you, Lord. We ask that you would bless the word of God today. Teach us what Emmanuel means. Help us, Father God, to experience Emmanuel. Help us on this Sunday morning, Father God, to take, Lord Jesus, this truth of, of who you are and bring it into our own lives and to make it a reality in this world, a world that is hurting, a world that is lost, a world that is confused, a world that is absent of love, a world that is, that is looking for hope, a world, Father God, that is in need of you. Father, use us to remind the world that you are here with us and that you are for us. We, we ask, Father God, that you open our minds, that you'd open our hearts, and that you'd open our spiritual eyes. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, and the people of God said, amen. amen. Give God a hand of praise today. Come on, Mission Ebenezer. Give God a hand of praise. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. I'd like to entitle the message today, I Did Not Forget About You. You see, when we were growing up, me and my brothers, we always... Um, we hated it when my dad had to leave, but my dad traveled all around the country preaching and teaching a part of national boards. And, and, and wherever he would go, sometimes he, would, he was able to take us, but most of the time we had to stay back. Mom would look after us, and we would always connect with dad on the phone, and he'd say, I'm coming home tomorrow, and we would look forward to dad coming home with expectancy it was even better when we were able to pile up into the, the old minivan and we'd drive to the airport back before 9-11, back before COVID. You could, you could drive up to the airport, you could park, you could walk into the terminal, and sometimes you could meet folks right there at the gate as they were coming um, from the airport. How many of you remember those days? 
Our kids don't remember those days. They just know the, the, the dark, dreary, smog-infested traffic halls of LAX. That's what our kids know. But we used to love it when we would go to pick up Pops. You know why we would love it? Not only because Pops was going to be home, but because Dad always brought us a gift. And that gift represented the fact that he didn't forget about us. That's why I'd like to give today's message the title, I Did Not Forget About You. It's a blessing when you know that you're loved. It's a blessing to know that you have not been forgotten about. It's a blessing to know that you've been thought of. It's a blessing to know that you are the object of somebody's thoughts, their dreams, and their love. When God prophesied through the, the prophet Isaiah in the book of Isaiah that, that he would send the world a savior, a redeemer, a messiah. Somebody say messiah which means Christ, which means the anointed one, which means king. When God promised the children of Israel a king, he was promising hope. He was promising love. And for hundreds of years, this great expectation and this prophecy is what brought Israel through the darkest, the, 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 the most severe of times, because at the time that the prophet Isaiah wrote, they were in captivity. But they were hoping to be brought out of captivity. They were hoping to be brought out of darkness. And God saw a hurting people. You ever seen a child crying all by himself at the park or at the playground? You ever seen somebody broken and hurt by life? Crying in need of comfort? Well, that's what God saw when he saw the children of Israel that were hurting and, that they, and were broken. And God saw that our world needed a change. So on the other side of the chasm of God and humanity, he gave us his son, Jesus. Ain't that a blessing? He gave us his son, Jesus. And he, he, he told the world, I have not forgotten about you. Back in 2012, I was, on a, I was on a trip myself to Atlanta, Georgia. It just so happened to be the, the trip that my wife found out that her, her father had passed away. And when I was there in Georgia, there was a, a preacher. He was the president of Carver College. Everybody say Carver College. The preacher was the Reverend Dr. Robert Crummy. And he preached for a, a, a couple of consecutive nights when, when those who were in town for the inner city conference of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes would come together to be poured into. And we traveled all throughout Atlanta. We traveled, we, we, we visited Morehouse, we visited Spelman, we visited all the different uh, historically black colleges and locations there in Atlanta, several different monuments of Martin Luther King Jr. 
But the point of sharing the story is that every night, Dr. Crummy would come in. He was, a, he was also a pastor of, of a Baptist church there in Atlanta. And he would bring his son with him. And his son would sit up there at the front. And whenever he would speak, he would, he would uh, recognize those that were in the, in the audience. And then he would say, and I'd like to thank my son for being with me here tonight. And he would have his son stand up. And he'd say, thank you for being with me, boy. And the son felt so blessed. And I remember that this, this preacher could have just, just rushed along and, and been so excited about preaching the message. But every time, he took the time to recognize his son. Well, Reverend Dr. Robert Crummy passed away in January of 2020. And this is what is said about him by his beautiful wife. She put this to paper. She said, in loving memory of Reverend Dr. Robert W. Crummy, Sr., dedicated pastor of Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church, College Park, Atlanta, for 21 years, and dedicated president of Carver College for nearly 20. A dedicated father, a dedicated husband, a dedicated family member and friend. We will always remember the beautiful life that you lived. Your love, laughter, and smile reflects in us each day. Your teaching, preaching, and training, and modeling of God's word help us in our daily walk. You left us so many special memories that continued to warm our hearts. You ran the race God placed before you with dedication, endurance, and faithfulness. And on January 2nd, 2020, you received your crown and went home to be with the Lord and Savior, your, your Lord and Savior. And now you would have us say, glory, glory, glory. We love you and miss you dearly, your wife, Carla, and children, Robert II and Megan. I was reminded of this father who remembered his son. I, we're reminded of the love that the father has for his children. That he saw us hurting. He sees us hurting today. He sees the families in Wilmington that are hurting after the loss of a 9-year-old and an 11-year-old who were shot and killed. To senseless violence right here in our own back, backyard. He sees our teenagers that are, that are alone that are broken, that are suffering from depression at alarming rates, as a matter of fact. The Surgeon General of the United States of America has declared that our children are sick, not due to cancer, not due to other types of physical illness, but of a mental health crisis. The enemy has our children where he wants them. The enemy will have us where he wants us. Where COVID has isolated so many of us and, and so many people are still breaking through the cold ice of separation and distance. We're still trying to press through and get to where we feel comfortable and we're doing our best. But God's best was by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for your sins and mine. You know, before we can get 
to the resurrection, before we can get to Easter, you have to go through Christmas. We have to go through Christmas, and Christmas represents one of the greatest miracles that ever was. That God became a man. That the incarnation of God showed up on our doorstep right here to love us, remembering that God did not forget about us. And God has not forgotten about you. God knows what you're going through. God knows your situation better than anybody. God knows your weakness. God knows your thoughts better than anyone, better than we know our own. And God knows what we need. The Bible says that Jesus Christ came to us through a virgin named Mary. A woman who had never been touched by a man. In Greek, the, the word for virgin is parthenos. And parthenogenesis means that it's a birth, it's a beginning, or genesis, it's a beginning of life through a virgin. That's a miracle. It's before artificial insemination. Science is always trying to catch up to our God, who is the God of miracles. And that's where our faith begins, putting our faith in Jesus, the Christ, who was born of a virgin, who was born of a miracle. So much so that it, we have to get over the fact that we have to overcome, we have to climb past the fact that, that even Joseph, the father of Jesus, not biological, but earthly father of Jesus, thought that his marriage and, 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 and recognized that his marriage was going to be steeped in scandal. The Bible right here clearly says, and that's why I love, it's one of the attestations and validations of the Bible itself that, that go to prove to the fact that there, were no, there, 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 were, there was nothing that was trying to be hidden from telling the truth. The fact that Joseph was going to divorce Mary. That's pretty common sense. Back in those days, to think that your wife or your, your engaged the woman that you're engaged to was pregnant and you hadn't touched her, you had not slept with her yet. God had to intervene. The Bible says that she was conceived with child through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph was having a, a tough time bringing himself to the point of believing or understanding what was going on. You see, in, in the Matthew passage, we don't, we don't get the fact, or it doesn't tell us that the angel Gabriel had come to Mary to tell her about what was going to take place. That's found in Luke, one of the parallel passages of both the prophecy, the angelic 
visitation, and then the birth, the miraculous birth of Jesus. But here in Matthew, what we find is someone having to overcome doubt. Joseph had to overcome his doubt. Matthew, the author of this gospel, was trying to bring his people, the Jews, to a place of overcoming their doubt as well. That Jesus was the Messiah. That Jesus was the Christ. Look what it says. Verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Praise God. Joseph is sleeping. The angel appears to him in a dream and has to speak to him to tell him that he needs to hold on and, and, and stick with the process. How many of us are ever tempted to, to bail out on the process when it doesn't make sense? We're tempted to just go the other way when it doesn't make sense. Things aren't adding up. How could my, this woman who I'm pledged to be married to be pregnant and we haven't slept together? That doesn't make sense. So God has to intervene. And God has to come in and remind us of his goodness and remind him of who he is. We have to sometimes remind ourselves to bring ourselves across the chasm of unbelief. Or hurt. Because when life doesn't go our way, that's when we have the, the temptation or the tendency to veer off. To make a left. But God's saying, hold on. And hold on tight. Hold on to the word of God. And place the word of God. And your faith, your ability to, put, to, to hold on to faith, place it and put it in a place where you're going to remind yourself of the goodness of God and of his grace and of his mercy toward us. Joseph had to overcome his unbelief. And he did. Verse 22 says, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Matthew was trying to bring his people to the place of, of trusting and believing that Jesus was Messiah. Because the Jews, the Israelites had been awaiting their Messiah. It was a time of hope. It was a time of expectancy. And those like Simeon who had been waiting for the Christ child to be born had to hold on to hope that God was coming. Now sometimes we have to hold on to hope that God is coming even when we can't see it. Even when the circumstances don't appear to be so, you have to trust that God is there. You have to overcome that hurt. You got to overcome that pain. And God wants to use each and every one of us to be the hands and feet of Jesus and the love of God to the world. That's why we're reminded about Christmas every year. That's why we celebrate Christmas every year. We celebrate Christmas because God wants to remind us, the church, the people of God, 
that he called us who have received Jesus Christ to go into the world and to love the world. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, God with them. God in us to the world. It's very simple. There's something about a father's presence that makes all the difference. And I'm not talking about us earthly fathers, although I know that's the case. I'm talking about our heavenly father. I'm talking about his goodness. I'm talking about his faithfulness. I'm talking about his promises. I'm talking about the kind of father that we do need to be. I'm talking about a father who keeps his promises. I'm talking about a father who said he was going to come to us and bring his love to us. And he kept his promise through Jesus Christ, his son. Who kept his promise through a, a, a virgin birth in Mary. A God who says, I don't care what people think. Yes, they're going to doubt and let those who doubt, doubt. But those who believe will be blessed. And those who believe will live life abundantly. And those who believe will receive my love. And those who believe will have my presence. And those who believe will have my joy. And those who believe will have my peace. And no matter your circumstance, no matter what you're going through, I will be with you. So I'm thinking to myself, how can we change the world that you and I live in? What is God calling us to do for these families in Wilmington that are suffering a great loss? What is God calling us to do as a church? Because if we, we could go around and talk about Emmanuel all we want, but if we don't become what God has given to us and allow the word of God to penetrate our hearts and allow the kingdom of heaven through the virgin birth of Jesus during Christmas time, then what good is Emmanuel to anybody else if you cannot experience the true love of Jesus Christ? I could sit here and we could talk about all the failures that we have, we've all been as fathers or mothers or people. But we have to overcome that and we have to make sure that we stay plugged into the process. We have to stay plugged into what God has told us. We have to stay reminded about the promises. Yes, it was a long time before the, the, the messianic prophecy of the virgin birth of Messiah took place. As a matter of fact, if, if you track, track along through, the, through Adam and Eve, through Abraham, the genealogy of King David, all the way to Jesus' earthly father, Joseph, you will see that, that God never forgot about his promise. And you know, sometimes the promises that we receive from God, we want them to happen now. We want God to show up on our terms. But when God gives you a word, you can rest assured that God will bring that word to a fulfillment, to a completion. Because God is a God who keeps his promises and who fulfills his promises. God doesn't just haphazardly make promises that he forgets about. No, when God speaks, he's very intentional about what he says and how he speaks to us through the people of God, through the prophets and through the word of God. Through God's revelation, he gave us Jesus Christ, one of his greatest divine revelations for you and I to hang our hats upon. It was a long time for the people of Israel before Jesus actually came into the world, before 
Messiah came into the world. And sometimes that's tough for us to understand. But how many, of you, how many of you know what it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8? And this is helpful for me. This is helpful for me to understand that God's not working on my clock. It's helpful for me to understand that, 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 God, that, that God's not, not uh, sitting around operating at my own beck and call. But he says this, but beloved, this is what Peter says, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Spiritually speaking, we have to understand sometimes we have, we have to put our trust and our faith and our hope in, in things that we have not yet seen, that we have not yet touched. And that's where our faith begins. Our faith is believing in the word of God. Our faith is trusting in. Our faith is leaning in and leaning on to God's promises. You may be thinking, well, pastor, here we are. We're on, we're on this side of Christ. We're on this side of the birth of Christ. We're on, we're on this side of, of Christmas. And it's been 2,000 years. And why are we still dealing with pain? Why are we still dealing with brokenness and hurt? But I like what was said about the Reverend Dr. Robert Crummy by his loving wife. She said, We will always remember the beautiful life that you lived. Your love, laughter, and smile reflects in us each day. Your teaching, preaching, training, and modeling of God's word help us in our daily walk. You left us so many special memories that continue to warm our hearts. And his son stood by and watched his father preach and teach and love those that God brought into his path as an ambassador of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It reminds me of the incarnation. It reminds me of, of what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father but through me. Jesus reminds us that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. People of God, the Christ that is in you is the Christ that God gave to us 2,000 years ago to, to, to walk on this earth, to, to, to take your sin and mine to the cross of Calvary, to conquer death, to set aside sin once and for all, and to allow us to have peace with our Heavenly Father. That same love, that same peace, that same joy that God has placed in your heart that you experienced when you said yes to Jesus is the same love that God has given to us. Jesus lives in us. We are the incarnate Christ in the world. Can I hear an amen? 
And when we take the word of God and when we live the word of God, that's what we see. God changing things. Because he has not forgotten about us. He hasn't forgotten about you. That's what God with us means. That's what Emmanuel means. It means I have not forgotten about you. I haven't forgotten about you. I love you. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've done, I haven't forgotten about you. Hallelujah. We serve a a faithful God. And as we come to a close, I'm going to ask Justin to come and join me. Up here on the keys. Guys, let's give Brother Justin a round of applause. I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet, church. I'm going to play a video real quick. And I want you to, I want you to see in this video, I want you to see in this video, hold on, don't play it yet. I want you to see in this video, church, matter of fact, you can have a seat. Have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. I was just waking you up. I was just waking you up. I want you to see in this video, Father God, I want you to see in this video a loving Father who sees our loneliness. I want you to see a loving father who saw that we could not do it on our own. That, that sin was having its way with us. And we were in need of a warm embrace. We were in need of hope. We were in need of a reminder That God is still with you. Brian Bogle, who just got back from Afghanistan. His daughters were in the audience, and this was the very moment they found out he's home. Hi, I'm Mass Sergeant Joe Martell. I uh, just returned from Afghanistan and I'm in Brussels. Uh, surprised my son during his football game. our guest chef today. A homecoming surprise times two. A military family together again, enjoying this moment forever. Hey, Mars.
<laughs> it started like any other day for Olivia and Madeline. Does anybody know who that is? Marianne. Go give her a hug. Just very surreal. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's actually happening, and I just want to go run over and grab her. What Brayden didn't know was dad was just outside his classroom door. As Brayden wrapped up, dad walked in. Daddy! The surprises weren't over. We walked down the hallway to find Brayden's six-year-old sister, Addison. And our special guest is going to come in. Are you guys ready? One, two, three. Welcome to Sugar Creek! What about... Oh my God! This guy behind me. Her dad. Tech Sergeant Casey Richardson teamed up with his wife, an assistant teacher at the school, to surprise their daughter. Nine months in the making, timed perfectly. <laughs> Not a dry eye in the stands, as father and daughter were reunited again. Holding their welcome home signs proudly. <laughs> months these girls waited for their dad, Lieutenant Daniel Pauly. I love you. And for the first time, not via FaceTime, Pauly was about to meet his four-month-old daughter, Emma. I just came back with uh, from a year-long deployment in Kuwait and Iraq. Come here. 
that's Emmanuel. When a sinner opens their heart and gives birth to a Savior, when our Father God saw us hurting and broken and lonely, but not losing hope, we invite him into our life and he changes everything. Mission Ebenezer, yes, you had the permission to cry in that, in that video. As we're reminded of Emmanuel, God with us. Church, let's sing this song. anybody here today that would like to invite Emmanuel into their heart there's anybody that would like to receive Jesus on this Sunday morning just raise your hand right there where you're at if you're in need of comfort if you're in need of love if you're in need of a, a touch from the Lord to remind you that God loves you if the situation around you is not what you would like it to be and you're in need of the love of the Father, a loving embrace. Raise your hand where you're at right there. I'm going to invite you to come to the altar right here, right now. Just give, it, give us an opportunity to pour our hearts, our hearts out to the Lord. Just meet the Lord right here. Let the Holy Spirit move in this place. Let the Holy Spirit move in your heart. Let the Holy Spirit remind you that everything is going to be all right. Trust Him. 
Put your faith in him. Let him know you need him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God. Lord Jesus, we need your touch, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here. Thank you for your presence, oh God, here on this earth, here in our hearts, here in our lives, here in this church, Father God. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for coming to us. We thank you, Father God, for seeing us. When we are lonely, we thank you, Father God, for getting us through our darkest hour, for never leaving our side. When the rest of the world turned their backs on us, you never left us. I thank you, Lord, for keeping your promise. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Emmanuel. God with us in our every moment. at night when nobody sees our tears Emmanuel Emmanuel God with us Emmanuel Thank you, Lord, for taking on flesh, for coming to us, Lord Jesus. We thank you for coming home, oh Lord. We thank you, Father, for the reminder today, oh Lord, that you're here with us. That we can come to you whenever we want, whenever we're in need, we can come to you, oh Lord. I thank you, Father God. We thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you. Come on, Mission Ebenezer, let's just thank the Lord today. Just give the Lord a hand of praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. How many of you were in need of a touch from the Lord today? Hallelujah. Let's close in a word of prayer today, church. Let's thank him this Christmas for his goodness. Father, we thank you and we love you. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would continue to let your presence be felt in our lives, Lord Jesus, in everything that we do, in our words, Father God, in our actions, Lord Jesus. 
Father God. Oh, we thank you. We thank you this Christmas, Lord Jesus. Just like every single one, Lord, that you continue to remind us of your goodness and your faithfulness. Help us, Father God. Help us overcome our unbelief. Help us to overcome our hurt, Father God. Help us to look to you, Lord. Help us to know, Father, that you have not forgotten about us. We pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Merry Christmas, Mission Ebenezer.